You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 135, covering Force of Nature and Inheritance. Hi, friends. Hey, everybody. We don't want to talk about these episodes so hard that we just spent the last ten minutes trying to think of ways that Worf is the same as Hank Hill. He's such the same type of father as Hank Hill. He absolutely is. Are you proud of me, father? Oh, Alexander, I'll never be proud of you. <laughs> Let's just do that. Let's just do that for an hour and, and yep. compare characters to characters in other things. It, it always takes me back to the, Dad, why do you hate things you don't understand? I don't hate you, Bobby. I'm at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate soccer. Well, plus there's that story of when Worf uh, hurt a kid or killed a kid or something when he played soccer that one time. Yep. Wesley <laughs> also killed a guy. Yes, remember that? Remember when I, Wesley killed a guy? I never do. Never forget. I must, I must never forget that. That should be our next shirt. <laughs> we do have a new shirt. Thanks for, that, that? Thanks for that remarkable yeah, segue yeah. there. The I Armist post-atomic horror shirt is pretty goddamn awesome. This was something I, I just mentioned as a goof last week, mm-hmm. and uh, our pal Gregory, who's who's been on the show before, and who is a damn fine artist and designer in his own right, yes, uh, was just sort of doodling it up as as he was listening to the episode, and then people on Twitter were starting to say, yes, I would buy that shirt, and he said, oh, this shirt? And just like, boom, out of nowhere. Yep. And I said, uh, you sent me a high-res version of that, and we're in this 50-50. It's like, We done. got a shirt stew going. So if if you do heart uh, heart armis uh, the post atomic horror podcast, check out our store. There should be a link on postatomichorror.com. If not, it is svpodcastshop.bigcartel.com. Big Cartel. Uh, yes, that's that's the name of the uh, the store site that we use. All right then. I don't know what to tell you. In any case, there should be a link. There might not be a link because it's mostly stuff for Sarcastic Voyage, and I forget. But I will try my damnedest to put a link there. You should buy it, is what I'm yes. saying. It's a really, actually, it's a pretty kick-ass shirt. I'm going to say it, that right now. It is. It's modeled after the, the typical uh, I Heart New York shirt, mm-hmm. the classic, uh, iconic I Heart New York. But instead, it's it's I Armus P-A-H. Mm-hmm. And it's just delightful. So if you want a shirt that literally no one on Earth is likely to understand. Right. You have to explain th- it at least twice. Yep. Yeah, there's there's no better way to say I belong to this exclusive club. Because, I mean, really, these days, everyone's got nerd shirts. Yep. Everyone can say, oh, I know Star Wars, I get it. But mm-hmm. no one's going to get this one. You'll you'll still be exclusive. You'll still be, like, in, you know, in a club. There's, there's, no, there's no better selling point to our audience than you are a very small audience. <laughs> we just need to stick a TARDIS on there, and then we'll be famous. Yes, that is your key to uh, that is your key to nerd success. Put a TARDIS on it. Yeah, you're not wrong, my friend. I'm not, and every time I see it now, it just makes me madder and madder. I saw one today that was the the chick from Portal looking at a TARDIS. All right, it's like oh fuck you, fuck you and your TARDIS. <laughs> Matt, we're not talking about Star Trek at all now. No, we're talking about how mad I am at TARDISes. You know what else you were mad at? Oh God, yeah. Force of nature. All right, Al, you want to tell us about Force of Nature? No. Well, neither do I. You want to tell us about it even less, though, and since it was my summary to write, I suppose I'll do it. <laughs> How about I read yours? Yeah. <laughs> we should do that one time. <laughs> we should have done that for Mirror Mirror. 
Oh man, that would have been a really good idea. We should have swapped each other's just everything. We'll have to wait until uh, the uh, DS9 Mirror Mirror one. Oh, there's a bunch of those. Yeah. We can come up with a different gimmick every time. We'll forget this. You can be smiley. All right. I, as O'Brien's long as I'm Nick, not... That uh, was O'Brien's stupid nickname. I know. It took me a second, but I know what it was. I, I don't know if that's because his name is Miles. Oh, that would or, make sense. Or because it's ironic because he's very angry in that universe. It can be both. I don't know. As long as I'm not uh, sexy Mirror Kira. Also, Mirror Kira, not easy to say. No, that's a, that's a tough one. Mirror Kira. I'm Mirror Kira, and I'm here to seduce you. You're who? Are we uh, are we at the five minute mark yet? Because we haven't <laughs> even started talking about this episode. I usually... We're at about four minute, four and a half minutes. So, well, uh... let's make it a full five before we <laughs> actually start. So, Matt, uh, I'm I... Mira Kira. I'm enjoying a tasty beverage right now, and oh, let's just talk about force of nature. Yeah. <sighs> so, in an attempt to learn what it's like to own a cat, Jordy has borrowed Data's cat Spot. Spot, incidentally, is female now for some reason. A fact that I think the producers were trying to sneak by us through some casual pronoun switching. But I caught it. I'm on to you, people. And now we confirm what we've suspected all along. Every time Data goes all Lenny from Mice and Men on, on a spot, he gets another one. And the latest one is female. I await my no prize. Jordy is shocked to discover that cats don't come when you call them and have what might be described as an independent streak. What?! Cats don't be like dogs. Somebody alert the internet at once. As Jordy embarks on a project to fine-tune the warp engines to stick it to an old friend, Data and Jordy continue ruminating on the issue of Spot and whether or not cats are trainable. You know how sometimes we focus on one small thing from the episode to avoid talking about the boring part? Yeah, I've seriously just accurately summarized the first two acts. Seinfeld was just taking off at this point, and it seems like the producers were big fans. They were also, ugh, fans of the environment. So we also get the hammiest ham-handed story about a warp drive being like a car and space being like the ozone layer and don't drive or you'll kill the penguins. And also now we call it global climate change instead of global warming and, I don't know, tetrions or verterons or something. A brother and sister team of scientist terrorists, I guess, set off some kind of, I don't know, warp thing in a corridor thing. It doesn't matter. The sister kills herself and proves that warp travel is bad. That's seriously the entire thing. The rest, once we're clear of the delightful story about nothing, is a bunch of hand-wringing and speechifying that would be more at home in a Captain Planet episode. I blame Matt's generation for Captain Planet, and so, by extension, I blame Matt for this episode. That's not fair. I suffered through it just as much as you did. <laughs> no, I suffered a little harder because I had to pay close enough attention to write about it. Oh, yeah. All I had to do was yell at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying... I'm also, not I saying... found that I can that I can really let loose some anger if I start throwing balled up socks at the TV. Does it help? It kind of does. Does it really? Yeah. I mean, the episode doesn't change, does yeah, it? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm boring and stuff. What are you gonna do? About... But but the episode's still boring and stuff. Yeah, but I threw something at it. You haven't really changed anything. Well, I can't change anything. This show's like twenty five years old. Well, that's true. There's nothing I can do about it without access to a time machine or a TARDIS. Did you just slap a TARDIS on our show? I think I might have. We already did that months ago when we had our pals from uh, Drunken Time Travel on, so you're, you're too late on that one. Mm. You have to get your time machine to make that, that joke more timely. Mm. Well, or that's the second TARDIS. thing I'll do with it. And then the third thing I do is make it the first thing I do. Ooh. Yeah. We keep wandering away. There's a reason for that. Yeah. This... This, this, this. Yeah. 
Why don't you start? In fact, start with your bad thing. Let's right. just let's just let's just tear this fucker apart. That's what we're here to do. All right. This thing fucking drags. It is nothing but the worst kind of filler and padding. The first 15 minutes of the episode have nothing to do with anything. No plot, no character, just some things that happen. Thrill as Jordy and Data do their jobs. You saw how quickly Al went through the uh, uh, yeah, you saw how quickly Al explained the episode. Yeah, that's because nothing happens. And then it ends, and we all resolve to slow down and be a little more careful. Because that's what Star Trek is all about. <laughs> Fuck you, Force of Nature. I'm pretty sure you're the worst episode of TNG I've seen since Shades of Grey. That, that, th those are some bold words there. Are you sure? Mm. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, my, my uh, encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek at the moment, like my, my brain is reeling. There had to be worse. There had to be worse. And I'm just, I'm not, they're not coming up. But I know there have been really, really bad ones. This is just one of those ones. This is one of the ones that makes me mad. This is one of the ones where you look at my notes for the episode and most of it's yelling. Okay. So are you angry at it because of the slow plot or because of the heavy handedness? Both. They're both fucking horrible. Okay. It's just like, it's a... It's a long, slow drag up to a lecture. It's like if I had to go to school by taking a shitty, slow, rickety bus, which, by the way, I've done. I thought you were going to say a shitty, slow rickshaw. Because <laughs> that's how I got to school. No, Rick, a, a shitty, slow rickshaw would probably be more fun. See, you At least then that. I knew I would be subjugating somebody. Well, that's a fair point. Except we had to rickshaw each other. That's true. Like when, you had when to I... rickshaw yourself up and down a hill both ways in the snow. Right, exactly. And then the other kid would yell at you, and it was more like a, what do you call those things, a sedan chair. Yeah, there you go. Than a rickshaw, really. So you were carried rather than pulled. Well, I was carried half the time, and then the other half I had to do the carry. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. it's It, it wasn't fun. No. Uh, my bad thing was pretty much uh, the the other half, which is yeah, the, the heavy handedness. Like you went with the slowness, I went with the the. the uh, not since the original series has Trek been just this preachy. No, this is fucking Omega Glory level preachy. This thing. Yeah, it is. Just and like. I mean, I think I honestly feel like for all the bad stuff we've said about Gene and whatever else, I feel like he would have been embarrassed by this. I would like to think so. Yeah. I mean, like wow, little subtlety maybe. And I'm the guy who invented I'm black on the left side and white on the right side. <laughs> like, I, one of the great things about science fiction is the ability to, you know, bring in, like, modern day problems and sort of look at I, them You know, the we've, talked, we've talked about that and we've talked about how Star Trek supposedly does that. And I don't know that they do that very well. They, they, they do it. Sometimes they do it better than other times. I just, I can't think of a particular example, and by all means, bring it, if you, if you can think of one. Ah. Uh, but I can't think of one where they've, they've done an issues episode that actually made me think because they used science fiction instead. I guess the one with the gender neutral people wasn't bad. I, I think it's less, it, the problem is when they try to do an, like an issues episode. Like, That's what I'm saying, though. I don't think Star Trek does it well. This is all like just it's a very special episode of TNG where we all learn right. about why we should be better to the environment. Cause... But I think I think science fiction can do that. I know yeah. the Twilight Zone did it particularly well. There were Absolutely. there were some episodes of the Twilight Zone that had some really good social points that were sort of masked in science fiction. But Star Trek tries to do it and tries to do it, and I don't think they ever do. But again, no, I'm I could sure be wrong. I, I'm trying to think of episodes now. Yeah, and now I've gotten them confused with with other episodes that I think are the worst of TNG. <laughs> the thing is, Next Gen hasn't done much of this at all. 
Next Gen not doesn't... Re- not really, not since the early seasons. No, they don't get particularly social because I think they realized that character was more their thing. Yeah. And then as they narrowed in more, they realized that Picard's character was their thing. Yes. But, um... I was no. reading, um... Like, I was reading on uh, Memory Alpha how, like, a bunch of the writers... Like, they've been kicked... This was when they'd been kicking around for a while. Uh-huh. And then a couple of the writers went to this, like, conference on, um... The environment? Know, like, yeah, the environment or something. Right. And they all came back all revved up and just like, that was horrible! We're doing horrible things to the environment! We're gonna do this episode and it's gonna mean something! Uh-huh. It didn't mean anything. No. And also you know, it came in at about, like, it came in at about 25 minutes long. Yeah, I, I read that too, because I did the same thing you did, which is, yeah, you reach a certain point, we've talked about this before, you reach a certain point, and you basically, you go to Memory Alpha expecting an apology. Yep. We usually get one, too. Yeah, it's like, because we usually have a pretty good feel for, they they couldn't have liked this one either. No. It's rare that we don't like it, and they, they're proud of it. It, it happens occasionally. There, there have been a couple, but for the most part, we're pretty we're pretty spot on about this. Yeah. It's not like we have weird tastes that the producers, like, we expect a show that the producers were, you know, w- yeah. weren't trying to make. No, we, we want the same thing out of the show that they wanted, apparently. And uh, yeah. they thought this was a piece of shit, which is good, because so did we. <laughs> because it was. Yeah. As famed Star Trek reviewers, we've proven it, so. Are we famed? I mean, you know, we're better known than any other Star Trek uh, reviewers. Do you know of any other Star Trek reviewers? Uh, well, there's that guy who wrote the Nitpicker's Guide. No, he doesn't count. No one knows who he is. Sure, he's James Ferrand. Is that it? Phil Favreau. F- well, damn it. Phil Ferrand. That's it. Phil- yeah, okay. So we got there in the end. Yeah. See? He's he's 50% famed. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we're at le- we're slightly less well known than him. Then. So that we're we're about as famous as someone who says, you know, Matt and that other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right then. I'm I'm thinking of of like so- examples of science fiction that have done like uh, environmental stories specifically, mm-hmm. effectively, yep. and what 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 cannot leave my mind, what what just jams itself in my mind is Futurama. Oh, yeah. Futurama's done it really well. Futurama, the comedy show, the satirical comedy show that is, yes, science fiction, but primarily there to make you laugh at, at the funny robot who drinks beer, mm-hmm. has done a better job of this several times over Yeah. than Star Trek, which is supposed to be the very best at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The friggin', like, in the first season of Futurama alone, they've got, like, five great environmental episodes. I don't, I don't know if it's that many, but I know they tried to do one per season. Yeah, well, there, there's at least two in the first one, because there's the first Nibbler one, and oh, there's true. the Garbage Ball from Space one. That's true. I was thinking of the Penguins one, because I was thinking, well, you got to do oh, something about another... killing the Penguins. Oh, that's a good one, too. And then, then one of the movies was one as well. Don't forget to fill your asshole with, with ice. That's nature's pocket. <laughs> Wait, fill your what with ice? Your asshole. Is that what he says? I don't think so. Okay. Matt, For some stop. reason, this episode's making me think the word asshole a lot. I can't imagine why. I don't. Well, why don't we talk about your good thing, then? So, this was kind of a hard one to pick, but I eventually had to go with, um, eventually, at some point, the dumb scientist bitch kills herself to prove a point. Good. Let's talk about this lady. I hated this chick so goddamn much. So There's a type of person who's been showed up on Star Trek a lot, last couple of episodes, the screechy, whiny, immature person. Really? Because I don't, get, I mean, specifically well, well, the, who else um, she like? The last time was the um, the two races that were 
fighting. Oh, okay. I, this might even have been last episode. It was. But just that sort of like, fucking, shut up! <laughs> Alright. She gets on board the ship and is all about, like, the brother is trying to work with the crew and, you know... Yeah, they're there's... good cop, bad cop. Yeah, they're tr trying to, like, you know... I'm really sorry we had to sabotage all the ships in the area or whatever. But, but we're trying you know, to prove a point, you guys man. Listened. It was yeah. the only way you guys were going to listen to us. And I guess it worked because you're listening to us now. Right. And the chick's just like, you guys aren't doing it right. You don't. Wait, all of the warp has to stop right now. Yeah, everyone like, has okay, to okay. stop going warp. It's like, okay, okay. We got it. We're Listen, we got yeah. this whole fucking galactic civilization based around traveling through warp speed, okay? But you've got a point. But you say stop. So by all means, let's all just stop. Yeah. No, okay. But you've got... Yeah, they, they do listen stuff. to her. We're going to work up... We're going to look at it. That's not good enough! I'm going to kill myself! Well, you know what? Fine. Go kill yourself. <laughs> no, and she, um... Like, she completely just doesn't understand how science works. Nope. No they, idea. We have observed this thing. Therefore, it is true. No one else <laughs> needs to look at it. Just take our <laughs> word for it. What? No, 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 no. You know, you know, she sounded like a fucking um, parlor magician. No, no, no. Trust me. Trust me. Watch the red card. Watch the red card. Trust me. Yeah. I don't know why the word charlatan jumped into my head. <laughs> She's a charlatan. I love that. I don't know why. Uh, that word doesn't get used enough. No, it really doesn't. I'm bringing it back. So anyway, this charlatan. Yeah, killed herself. And it was great. Now, typically, I call you out on, on your good thing not actually being a good thing at all. But you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. The fact the, that she's not in the story anymore. Yeah. Good. But it was terrible writing. Oh, man. It was so bad. For Just a terrible like, character. Well, but I mean, her this actual... is the only thing I could do. So, goodbye. Yeah. All right. Bye. That's what I'm saying. Making your good thing a really, really bad piece of writing makes me want to say you're not really entering into the spirit of this properly. But on the other hand... Hey, you I, know what this episode didn't do? Enter into the spirit of having a good, having good, interesting things happen. No, Matt, you're going to have to find good things when we get to worse episodes. There are many worse episodes to come. Nah. Not of Next Gen, because there aren't many episodes left of Next Gen. Thank God. There are bad episodes coming, though. But, there are. But Voyager's going to be like this. I just, yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be like this. Well, hopefully by then we'll be so beaten that we'll just take whatever we can get. I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and they're like, how can you stand season seven being the way it is? I was like, well, here's the thing. When we like the show, it's exciting. It's, mm -hmm. it's, this is great. We love this. When we don't like the show, it's like you slip into, okay, you know what? We'll just do like MST3K. This is a bad yeah. thing, and we can make fun of it. It's when we're in this weird in-between area that it's hard. Yeah. Like, because the show next week in particular will have two good shining examples of what it can still be. Mm -hmm. surrounded by this and Beverly fucks a ghost. Yep. And it's like, it's hard to slip into that fuck it, I don't care anymore, let's just make jokes. Yeah. When it then will pull out an episode like the Borger everywhere. Can we get to that one, Neil? Uh, next week. Our Pelflonk will be here and we will do that. Yay. And we will do the Pegasus, which is also another good episode. Yay. <laughs> uh, Yay-ish. Things are looking up. Yeah, the two best episodes of the season are in the same week for us. Couldn't have couldn't then we spread got, that out a little for us, uh, <laughs> TNG. Then we got lower decks, and that's all. Uh, well, everything else. Episode, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't really count that one though. Mm. It's just, that's a whole separate thing. True. We got we got like twelve bad ones to suffer through. 
three good ones and two of them are right in a row. All right. Well, what's your good thing? My good thing. Okay. That you're done chewing me out about mine. No, no, no. I'm not exactly chewing you out. I'm saying typically I would, I would say, you know, I would call you out for bullshit, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, what the typically hell else are you going right to find? Yeah. There's no other, uh, there's no other thing. I found the only kind of good thing. Yep. In the whole episode. I guess you could have said something like Jordy's hair was good. I mean, it was, but you know, or I whatever. For any episode, I'm going to save that shit. I'm just, I'm just saying, you, if you've been saving stuff like that, you might want to start using it now. Mm. Is my point. Um, literally, like I said, the first two acts are them talking about Spot. That was not a joke. No, they th- that was not an exaggeration. They just talk about Data's cat. I don't think we can like. We need to be completely clear on that. Two whole acts. Yeah, we're talking a good 10, 12 minutes of the episode. Yeah. Where you're like, well, what is happening? They talk about this missing ship that they're going after. Mm-hmm. That's it. Otherwise, they're on the way to the ship, and they're talking about Data's cat. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, plot happening at all. And some of it, because it's Data and Jordy, they're charming and they're funny characters, and talking about Spot, which is Data's one sort of funny thing, it's funny. There's some mm-hmm. good stuff in there. In fact, my quote is is Jordy suggesting to Data how he might uh, train his cat. I've got an idea. How about a phaser? A low stunt setting at just the right moment might do the trick. Jordy, I cannot stun my cat. Which is funny, but on the other hand, a lot of that dialogue sort of felt forced. And I'm, I, actually, I can't believe I'm saying this. It got me to the point where I don't really care to hear about Spot anymore. No. It's like, okay, you've, you've milked that cat. <laughs> Time to move on now. No more milking that cat, please. <laughs> oh, God. If only that could be our cover for this week. <laughs> no, I think I'm going with the charlatan. Oh, that's pretty good. Charlatan's web. <laughs> yes? The other thing is, like... One of the things that really... It, does Jordy not know what a cat is? <laughs> Apparently not. Well, it's like I said in my summary. You'd think a guy like that would spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. Which is all about cats. I had this working theory for a while that someone reprogrammed his visor as a trick so that he would see all cats as dogs. It was the cat! <laughs> I don't, like... You can't... You just can't, okay? No, you can't. You... You can't. Some, I'm some sorry. Some people train cats, but in general, as a rule, mm-hmm. they are not known for their trainability. No. That's not why you get a cat. Because I, I ju- know somebody's going to wa- write in and say, well, actually, I trained them. But yeah, yeah, okay. My no friend one cares Jason, about your magic. No one cares about your magic cat. Well, my friend Jason, who was on the show a while back when we did the, the motion picture, uh, lives in New York City. And he did walk a cat on a leash, which I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, that was the exception. That is not the rule. No. I mean, Fucking... you don't. Even in the 24th century, I assume. Yeah. It's like the, it's like how we don't have a cure for the common cold yet. Right. We can't cure the common cold, and we can't make cats not be assholes. Right. I mean, look at the cat from uh, Red Dwarf. Yes! Excellent he, point. Two million years into the future, they're still like that. Mm-hmm. They're not getting any better. Like, even when no. they evolve, they're still going to be like that. Spraying jars of their own urine all over the ship. Yep. That's Eating just all the fish out of the replicator. Asking how they're looking. <laughs> they're looking pretty good. <laughs> Trying to make themselves look big. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love Red Dwarf. Fun trivia fact in the in the uh, 
aborted American version, do you know who almost played the cat? Uh, yeah, Dax. Yes. What's his face? Uh, Terry Farrell? Terry Farrell, yep. Okay. I've never actually seen that, but it sounds horrible. You can't put a lady on Red Dwarf. Well, no. That sort of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Less but, fun fact about Red Dwarf, uh, the cat attacked his garbage man once. Yes, that I do know. No, not the cat. <laughs> the actor. Danny John Jules Danny John attacked, Jules his attacked his bin man. <laughs> Who's out there? I better make myself look big. That, that's up there with the creator of the Segway driving the Segway off the cliff. <laughs> as the all-time things we shouldn't laugh at but do. It's also up there with things that have nothing to do with Star Trek. It's definitely up there. It might be at the top of that list. There's there's a contingent of people who used, who used to listen to our show, Sarcastic Voyage, and are disappointed that we don't do a sort of breezy, conversational, wandering from topic to topic, quite hypnotic show anymore. <laughs> That's basically this show now, because we're trying not to talk about Star Trek, and so now we're just sort of falling into our usual patterns. We should really let people know about that. Yeah. No, no, don't worry about Star Trek, because we don't either anymore. <laughs> Uh, all right. What else can we talk about? Here's here's the here's the overall thing. Mm. I honestly think that if you did this story right, if you if you did some fundamental part of our universe is flawed and we can't use it anymore, you could you could make a really interesting story out of that. Mm-hmm. If you like, did a whole uh, season where you out, can't, what's like up? We find out the transporters are causing cancer or something. Right, you can't use the transporter anymore. Suddenly, you have to tell different kinds of stories. You have to get creative. Yeah. You have to set up those uh, laser triangles everywhere. Yep, laser triangles. Yes. But, like, if you don't have warp, then you can suddenly tell the deep space story, the out-on-the-frontier story that I wish they'd been telling all along. Yeah. Which is not jetting back to Earth every other week. Now, Mm -hmm. Earth is going to take a month to get there, so no, we can't go back to Earth. We just have to go on to the next new planet and and explore a little bit at a time. That could yeah. be interesting. But I've seen ahead. They don't do that. What they no. do is they pay lip service to this occasionally and they say, Starfleet has given us permission to go warp nine or, okay, go warp two. Yeah. It doesn't matter to us as the viewers at all. No, it does. It, like, the thing is, we all know that it's it, nobody gives a shit how fast the ship is going because it'll go exactly as fast as the plot needs it to go. Yeah, there's certain nerds who know how warp works, but... For the rest of us, and we, us included in this group, we neither know nor care. We no. know that 10 is, like, you can't go 10, but 10 is fast, 1 is slow. Yep. And that's it. That's all we need to know. Yeah. Everything all the rest of it is just like, well, what, do we think uh, 4 this week? They'll go 4. Yeah. I mean, if the, if you know they're, if you hear they're going warp 9, you're like, shit, they're in a hurry. Yeah. That's, that's the extent of that knowledge. That's, yeah. That's all that means. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. No, not at all. And the thing and is, like, it shouldn't matter. And the thing is, like, they could have made it into, you know, an important part of the rest of the season. But at this point, it's season seven. We're halfway through, and we're all kind of tired. No, we're not halfway through. We're not really interested in doing interesting things anymore. We're not halfway through at all. I wish uh, we were. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want you to get your hopes up there. <laughs> is all. I'd hate for you to think we were almost done. No, we're nowhere close to done. Uh, but yeah, it it could have been an interesting story. I can see ways. Mm-hmm. Because really, there are certain aspects of space travel that Star Trek just sort of glosses over because it's Star Trek and that's fine. Yeah. But if you wanted to embrace them, if you wanted to embrace just how creepy it is to be out in the middle of the galaxy with no backup and no... Like we talked about when we said what we thought Voy- what we wanted Voyager to be. Yeah. 
But space is big and scary, and you know it'd be nice to see that. Yeah, and maybe Star Trek's not the place to do that. I don't know. But this could have been an interesting way to tell that kind of a story. Well, we can't get any help because nobody's allowed to go higher than warp two anymore. Yeah. Well, shit. We got to fight our way out of this, or or think our way out of it now because there's no cavalry. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. But they don't do that. Because why would they do that? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter anyway, because I read, like, by the time they get around to Voyager, they're like, oh, yeah, we fixed that. Well, and I, I I, do believe that. I do believe that the Federation would come up with clean warp or, you know, whatever. By however long it takes to get to yeah. Voyager. Yeah. Listen, no one's cleaning their engines anymore. we got to start doing that. Yeah, they just, they need to make hybrids. They need to make, yeah. you know, like, uh, like uh, what do you call it, uh, that, that car, the Prius. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to make the Prius of, of Starships, which I guess is Voyager. It looks no, like a frog, it, and it's a Prius. No, it's awesome. We just uh, we just dump some French fl- fry uh, uh, grease into the back, and it goes fine. That's French fries. Isn't that nebula? Oh. Yep. Also, all the ships look like Starbug now. Well, that would be okay. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Let's just review Red Dwarf. Let's just, let's just bail. I'd be fine with that. And do Red Dwarf There are way less shitty episodes of that. There are way less episodes of that. That's also true. Because a season to them is six half-hour episodes. Yep. We'd be done with it before we started. All right. There's nothing I enjoy more than doing a bad rimmer, or a bad Lister impression. Well. We could do bad impressions of all of them, really. It's true. We already showed our bad cat impression. You could do your Crichton. (laughs) Smug mode. (laughs) All right. I have nothing further to say about this episode, except that this is Michael Piller, producer Michael Piller's least favorite episode of the season. Mm. And given that we still have the Enterprise turns into a self-aware train and masks Uh. ahead of us and Beverly fucks a ghost, for this to be his least favorite episode, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, at least Beverly fucks a ghost has a ghost in it. Yeah, it's got Beverly getting almost naked. See, there you go. That's something uh except he said the worst episode he worked on oh all right maybe he wasn't on those episodes so there's still a chance they could be worse well no there were two shows going on at this point and he was involved with deep space nine it's possible he was not involved in the other ones i guess that's true this could just be the worst one he did (laughs) believe me there's so much worse when when picard's long lost son shows up from the ferengi captain who gets his revenge from back when we don't remember oh yeah i yeah. That was one of the guys I really wanted to be a reoccurring villain, and then we never saw him again. Until? Yeah, until, uh, Picard. Yep. I had your son this whole time. Uh-huh. I am a French Ferengi. <laughs> Apparently I am Le French Ferengi. <laughs> Sacre bleu! <laughs> I will not drop it again. All right. Uh, I drop it. Let's, let's put this episode behind us. All and, right. And talk instead about the... By by default, better episode, <laughs> Inheritance. All right. The Enterprise travels to the planet Atreyu to help them in their war against the Nothing. While there, Data encounters an old woman who tells him that she was A, Noonien Soon's wife, and 2, Data's mother. You know, for a lonely android, that dude has a big fucking family. So, parts of Data's mom's story ring kind of false due to the fact that nobody has ever mentioned her before, and it's goddamn ridiculous that she would just happen to show up now. I can only assume that she's after Noonien Soon's abandoned gold mine. So it's Mother Android on board the Enterprise as Data tries to sh- as Data shows his mom his violin, his cat, and his painting of his dead daughter. 
And then they beam down to Atreyu to set up some laser triangles and save Artex from the Swamp of Sadness. But then there's an earthquake and Data pushes his mother off a cliff to save her. And then she dies. Because it's a fucking 50-foot drop. But it's okay because then it turns out that she's an incredibly sophisticated android that has tear ducts and sweat glands and a special shield that prevents people from ever realizing that she's an android unless she falls off a cliff. So Data finds a program on Honor that's left from Soong saying that, she, that the real Data's mom died, so we built an incredibly sophisticated replacement, which is both weird and creepy, but fine, whatever. And then he asks Data not to tell her. And he doesn't. Then he ships her back to, the, to Atreyu where she'll be no Falcor the Luck Dragon at all. Okay, a few things. Mm. Did you have to look up all those never-ending story references? Nope. None of them? Nope. Excellent. I thought maybe you... Artex in the Swamp of Sadness. Nope. I remember that one quite, quite vividly. Very well. That horse dying was really upsetting to me as a young lad. It's very upsetting. It's a very upsetting scene. Makes it, uh, see, because you can remember the horse's name, because the, then Atreyu was going, Artex, you stupid horse! Yep. That's your Amanda voice. That's unsettling. Yep. Okay. That's what Amanda would sound like if her horse died in a swamp. And its name is Artex. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I think maybe, typically I won't say, Matt, one of your jokes didn't land. But I think Mother Android is a little too far from Mother Boy. Yeah, in my head that really worked. It didn't read quite right. Yeah, because, I mean, you you know, you're, you're good at that. I'm not I'm not saying, Matt, you, you suck at jokes. No, that, it's it's so rare. It, uh, no, that, that, worked, that worked written down. Yeah. I just, I, I mostly wanted to point it out because it was funny if you think about it. Yeah, if you, if you think of the uh, the mother boy waltz with Data and his and his mom, I do love the mother boy waltz. And finally, you said uh, that there's only one way to detect that that she's uh, an android. And I wanted to quote from Day of the Tentacle, which is sometimes to save the world, you have to push some old ladies down some stairs. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I love Day of the Tentacle. It's pretty great. Better than this episode. Yeah. The thing is, like I said, by default. This was the better episode. I had some serious problems with this episode. Well, because the thing is, like, on the surface, it's kind of a neat concept for a data episode. But yeah. if you spend even, even like, a second looking at it, it completely falls apart because it just doesn't work. Well, okay, let me just go into my bad thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the contrivances. The, 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 okay, first of all, his family. He's got... I, I forgot about his grandfather. You pointed that out somewhere in your yep. notes. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy, too. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, his father, which, okay, of course, he's got a creator. Yep. He's got an evil brother, which I actually think as evil twins go is is probably the best, yep. you know, best setup you're going to get. He's version 1.0. He's not great. Yep. But then we got B4. He's and got an we, evil brother and a stupid brother. And then, yeah, just like multiplicity. Yeah. And then, and then this lady who, oh my God, talk about contrivances. She doesn't know she's, <sighs> every little thing Data does, everything, every tiny thing reminds him that he's not human. Yeah. From Somehow, looking in the mirror, the contractions thing, just, it's, yeah, it's constant. And it's everything. a part, it's a huge part of his character. He's constantly learning and growing and she just has what he's always wanted from minute one. Mm-hmm. How, what? How does she not? Ah! It it just it doesn't work. It defies, and I'm not being nitpicky nerd here. I'm being basic Mister Logic Common Sense man here. Yeah. How how can you how can you walk around with a not flesh and blood body mm -hmm. and not know it? Like how does how could you be married do, it, to someone it, and have sex with them and not know it? How could I, you like? 
Oh, like, so and she, it's been happening for like what, like ten years or something? No, she left before Data was reactivated, and Data's been reactivated for a good twenty years. Oh my god! So at least that long. So she's been walking around, not knowing she's an android for twenty plus years. Yeah. That is, that, that does not work. No, it doesn't at all. And at no time has anything ever happened for her to say, hmm. Uh, the thing is, uh, I was data... wondering why I had this plug on my back that I had to put into the into the wall at the end of the day, or else I wouldn't work the next day. I my husband just told me that that's a mutation, but uh, hmm. apparently he's Weird. in on the joke. <laughs> the um and, and her new husband also. Uh, oh, incidentally, the uh, the 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 horrible terrorist scientist from the previous episode, really sloppy makeup, really really lazy like forehead dots. Yep. Uh, this guy also. Yeah, he almost had, it looked like they had some leftover Ferengi ears. Yeah. That they just sort of attached. Yeah, they started making him Ferengi, and then they were like, eh, it's time for lunch. You know what? We don't need a Ferengi right now. Yeah. Why don't you just stand over there in the Data's Got a Mom, Why Not episode. And also, they have this weird thing with him. Like, this, I thought this was going to be a plot thing, but then I guess they got bored and decided not to have time where, for where it. Where he seems sort of anti-robot? Yeah! Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I thought that was going to come up again, you know? No. How he's married to a robot? Nope, never comes no, up again. No, not important. All right, whatever. No, in fact, we never deal with his reaction to this at all. No! We we very understandingly deal with Data and her, but at some point maybe touch on how it would affect this guy. No. No, maybe, not maybe, interested. You know, I'm... And, I'm, like, how does, how, how does he not find out about, like, her falling off a cliff? Wouldn't he be there, like... Yeah, like he if should your be in sick fell off a cliff, wouldn't you be there right away? I would think so. Yes, especially if we're already in the same location doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're in sick bay. They got her head open with all the all the the beep boop stuff and Jordy yeah. uh, and Bever, there's this actually cute little bit where uh, Bever's like she's got sweat glands and tear ducts and and Data or uh, Jordy's like she's got a positronic net that's even more sophisticated than Data's. Like they're going back and forth, and they're both really impressed. I just I, picture that was a cute I, little moment. I just picture the stepdad looking through one of those like two-way mirror things and just screaming. Yeah. Ah, what are you doing to my wife? Oh look, there's a message in here. A, a message in her brain. Yep. Someone just put it in there, huh? Yep. Ah. You so... get the. This results in the return of uh, bad makeup soon. <laughs> yeah, and which the is a better is, uh, insulting name than often wrong. That's true. The thing is, we saw him at at his normal age at at like say thirty or forty or whatever. Yeah, that was in the uh, data starts dreaming one, right? Where he looked like Brent Spiner. I don't know why they couldn't have just done that again. Yeah, I was thinking that when because uh, he looks terrible. Yeah, it looks like they tried to do somewhere in between that and the serious old man makeup from De uh, decrepit soon. from brothers, and it just it doesn't look realistic. It just looks like they sort of half applied old age makeup. Yeah, it's not a good thing. No, they they do. It's actually not a bad scene where uh, Data's asking uh, Holo Soong questions about his mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is 93, I think, at this point. Yeah, 93 or 94. Probably still 93. It's early in the season. And there's a scene where, or there's a there's a bit where uh, Soong walks around Data. Yeah. And for technology being what it was back then to do that on a TV show, that is, that is pretty damn impressive. Mm. For one actor to walk a circle around himself. That is true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 
No, it, it looked like they were showing off. Yeah. <laughs> but rightfully so, because it looked really good. It's like, we can do this. Why wouldn't we do it? Yeah. Because it's like, and, and, and it's it's blocked so that Soong is checking out his creation. Like, Data, how are you? How are you doing? Huh, how's, how's it going, boy? And he actually says, how's it going, boy? And I expected, let's go out for frosty chocolate <laughs> milkshakes. <laughs> because he, cause he's already got the Soong voice. He's got the Soong voice, boy. Wake up, boy. It's World War Three. <laughs> I... I kind of like this as the continuing evidence that uh, Soon was kind of a douche. Okay, so let's let's talk about the logic of what he did. So his wife died. Yeah. Well, uh, so, hang on, hang on. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. They're on uh, Omicron per CIA or wherever the fuck it is. Yeah. The crystalline entity attacks. Yep. They escape. Data's mom is uh, like, uh, "No, I'm not bringing that robot with us. Let's just go." Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she dies. And then take it from there. And then he decides, well, she's dead. I have no one to fuck. I will make a robot just like her. And all the stuff that that I promised to those sons I always said I was going to fix. Yeah, that one that I left behind to to be eaten by some kind of weird glass monster. Yep. And that other one who's evil. And that other eviler son that I had. Yeah, who's in a suitcase. And apparently those three retarded robots that I also had. I, I will give them partial credit. For laying some groundwork for B4, as terrible yeah, I, as he I, is. I didn't remember this at all. Like, apparently, this is the one line that gives lip service to B4 existing in yep. uh, Nemesis when we finally get around to that. Yep. They, so, uh, bravo, Nemesis. Well, they say, she says, uh, oh, yeah, you were you were one of several. Like, we built, you know, we kept building them, and they kept fucking up, and we kept building new ones. And What I don't understand is why didn't they just keep fixing one? Yeah, why, why would you, you start all over again and build like ten of them? That's crazy. Yeah. I bet it's, I bet it's really a, like a real pain in the ass to build a new robot all the time. Undoubtedly, because they effectively are humans. Yeah, you're building. Although I guess once you've done it once, you can just have the replicator spit out another data head. Yeah, I guess that's true. Computer data head. I mean, once you have once you have one. Yeah. You know, like this Make show. It look like me. One only bit. less, only less hideous, and five hundred years less old. Yes, because that one's five hundred years older than itself. And make him talk like a normal person. Yeah, don't make him talk like me. But Whoa. okay, so he he makes her a robot, transfers her brain into the robot. Yep, and then convinces her that she's not a robot and puts some special stuff in there so that no one can ever tell. Yep, and then. Ignores her. And then ignores her to the point where she divorces him and leaves. Yep. And lets her go. Yep. Well, I mean, in his defense, if she goes, he can just build another one. Yep, but... We've already proved that he can just build as many androids as he wants. Yep, but... All the time. Yep, but... (sighs) I'm leaving you, Noonien. All right, fine. I got, got like, eight spares. I've been working on a brunette anyway, but... (laughs) I... I do, uh, next time I'm gonna get. Next time I'm gonna build you with bigger tits. Well, that's what I was thinking, but then I then I sort of <laughs> stepped back from that one a little bit. I figured you'd just go and embrace it, though. I always. You always go embrace the tits. Matt. I that's always just, embrace the bigger tits. That's your style. <laughs> embrace the tits. That'll be our next T-shirt. <laughs> I just I. And Michelle, I, if you want to get started on a design for that. <laughs> He's already on it, and he can't even hear the show yet. (laughs) 
I really though, what letting her go, I think is where it loses me. Yeah. Because you have, okay, there's no money in the future, but for a minute, let's think about this. You have a multi-million dollar robot wandering around mm-hmm. that you just let go and let it think it's human. What? Yep. Yeah, seriously. What? Okay, it's what? got it's got aging software. Okay. I want to get back to the aging software. Let's please too. do. Like what? <laughs> well, we fi- we find out by discovering that she has it, the data has it. Yeah, they Which is basically the in-show way. Well, it's the, it's the in-show way to to explain why Brent Spiner's starting to look a little older. Yeah. Whereas the in watching the episode reason is he's actually a person and who gives a shit will be gone in uh, in almost a year anyway yeah but they didn't know how long how much longer the show was going to go and but yeah. he didn't look that like he, it's not noticeable yet no i mean he looks fine yeah it's not like but, in the movies where he's got such bad circles under his eyes that even all that makeup can't fix it yeah but i mean let's talk about we a long time i think it was when we were doing brothers we had amanda mm-hmm. on the show mm-hmm. no we i don't talk- think she was on for for brothers but no uh, we were talking about how the very idea of data is, has become this this thing just to like to trump up Soon's ego. Yep. He wants to have he wants to have a, a robot that looks like him that'll live on after he's gone, and also that'll have emotions so that he'll so that he'll be sad when Soon is dead. Right. He also wants a, wants an android. That ages, so it'll end up looking all horrible like he does. Yeah, it, and and Dana talks about how about the fact that like if nothing kills him, he'll li- he, he has no idea how long he'll live. Oh, he said that a bunch forever. of times. Yeah, that so, was that was the big emotional arc of uh, Times Arrow was wow, I'm mortal. I never yeah. thought I was until now. Yeah, so we're talking about an uh, we're talking about a guy who will live forever and will age forever. accurately. <laughs> 500 years from now. So it's all the worst. He's got the worst of everything. Yes. He can never feel happy. <laughs> but he'll know what it's like to continue to get old and die. Yes. Or not die, rather. No, he'll know what it's like to continue to get old. And watch all his Boy, friends. Or I sure die. don't work as well as I used to. Nope. That would have been really easy to fix. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> what? Why? Okay, this feels like one of those things that I've called Braga out before, and he didn't write this one as far as I know. No. But it feels like they're trying. They're shooting for this point. They want Data to have a mother, and so they're contriving, like they're they're changing and and making all this other stuff happen to make it work, and yeah. bending reality all to fuck just to make a cool thing happen. Yeah, it's not really worth it. It's like, well, what haven't we done this year? Uh, Data doesn't have a mom. Let's give her one of those. Yeah, well, let's how would that see. work? Who cares? We've... Just fucking do it. We've met this guy's mom, this guy's dad, this guy. Ooh, Data doesn't have a mom yet. Okay, no. fine, whatever. This was, incidentally, the season of moms on uh, TNG, apparently. You mentioned that. We had Jordy's mom early in the season. Yep. We just had uh, Luxana for her, you know, yep. for her yearly sh- yearly appearance. Uh-huh. Um, and then we've got uh, Data's mom. Well, and I guess uh, Wesley's mom featured pretty heavily throughout the season, too. Good point. So that's four. And the Enterprise is going to be a mom in that train episode. Oh, my God. So let's not. I guess it was that. Mother's Day over on uh, over at TNG for that entire year. Yeah, it was. It, well, it was Mother Boy fifteen. Yes, they were all really excited about it. Gene was a big Mother Boy, and they wanted to honor <laughs> his memory. Come on, look at that sweater best. He was a big mother. Oh yeah, totally. He, he was no, a big can, Mother I, Boy. I can totally see him sitting on some upon, elderly woman's lap upon her knee. <laughs> so fine to see. 
There oh, are, okay, my good thing. Actually, yeah, please. You, you do your good thing first. There's a, there's a couple of good scenes in here between Dave and his mom. I'd say uh, more actually, than a couple. Yeah. Like, no, I like um I I liked uh I liked him, her telling stories about Data as a as a for want of a better term kid terrassing around the planet butt naked. Yeah, because he's like, well, the elements don't bother me. Why should I put on clothes? Yeah, it's actually uh, my quote. So here. Well, the one thing that we couldn't anticipate was that you didn't seem to mind about being um, naked. Some of the colonists objected to having an anatomically correct android running around without any clothes on. Oh, we asked you to dress, but you didn't feel it was necessary because you didn't suffer from the elements. We'd actually had to write a modesty subroutine to get you to keep your clothes on. Ah, well, sorry, didn't mean to, uh, didn't mean right. to step on your android schlong there. Aw, he does have one. He does. Lore doesn't. Nope. You got the emotions. Yep. That's how that works. The The whole middle bit, I would say, the whole middle bit, once we just get into I'm your mother and I'm going to tell stories and I'm going to act like a mom and I'm going to be proud of you, is kind of adorable. Yeah. Like, I, I like I like what's there. I like how it's played. I like that because Data has no shame, it doesn't bother him like it would bother any other character. Yep. She's telling those stories, but it's like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, I have pictures of Data in a diaper. Would you like to see them? <laughs> Not really, no. Oh, you should look at them, Jordy. They are adorable. <laughs> I would like to see them. <laughs> I have no memory of that. Um, Your Data sounds a bit like Ernie. Oh, well. <laughs> I would like to see them, Bert. <laughs> Jordy. <laughs> Bert and Ernie in the morning. <laughs> Surely that's been done already. Oh, God, it must have been by this point. Undoubtedly. Um, my good thing is is part of that whole run where they're catching up and all. Um, you, you mentioned uh, the, the painting that he did of Lal. Yes. And, and that he shows off. The, and then there's a whole conversation about her, which mm -hmm. is a conversation I feel should have happened with Soong in Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. It never came up, and I called them out for that at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that that's done. That's over with. They did it here. They did it well here. And yeah, I, I like how um, I like how uh, how that affects her. Like you can you can see yeah. how big an announcement that is, and he just sort of goes on to the next thing. Well, yeah, because you tried to like this is what we spend our lives doing. You tried mm -hmm. to do this and you failed. What would happen if you did it again? What about this? Mm -hmm. What about that? And it was it was really particularly well done. And it was a good callback to one of my all time favorite episodes. Yeah, and. A, a little heartbreaking mm -hmm. because because of the well because of the nature of data but also the nature of this show it was a horrible thing that happened that we basically just have to move on and forget about it and it's nice to call that out and say yeah this happened anyway so over here is my cat would you like to see me play the fiddle no 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 it's the violin different no, thing i like the idea of data playing the fiddle better no he also plays the fiddle but it's a, Get a it's, straw hat yes you can play in the Enterprise's jug band. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be, like, there's got to be some people on that crew who don't want to go to the stuffy friggin' organ recital that they apparently have every night. See? Sit down with the captain and watch someone play the bassoon. <laughs> I'm just, I'm picturing uh, Riker letting his beard go for a while. 
And looking like a mountain man with overalls <laughs> with one strap off. Computer, replicate clay jug. Four X's, please. <laughs> Th- only three X's are available. Do you want to disengage the safety protocols? <laughs> Jordy, would you help me with this? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Authorization LaForge jug band one. <laughs> Computer, washboard. <laughs> Well, great. Now I just want to watch the uh, Hee Haw in 10 Forward. <laughs> oh, oh, I want this so badly now. And I want, I want to see Worf play the banjo. Yes! But it's a banjo made out of a bat left. Oh my god, now we're getting back into the King of the Hill thing again. Oh, wow. So we are. We've come full circle, which is good, because uh, I don't have much more to say about this, really. Good. Uh, except you have, uh, you have a bad thing still. Oh, I do have a bad thing. There's something off about Data's mom. It's not the android thing, which was dumb and stupid, but it might have been the actor. Could be. I spent the entire episode thinking she was she was up to something. She always seems to have like a really <laughs> obvious explanation for why Data and we have never heard of her. She's got like like everything I know from TV just led me to think, well, clearly it's not going to be that she turns out to be an android. It's going to turn out to be that she's been running a long con on him. <laughs> There was a brief a moment grifter. where, yeah, there was a brief moment where I thought the inheritance in the title referred to Data's inheritance that she was going to try to steal. <laughs> so another charlatan is what you're saying. Yes. You think she was a charlatan? This episode was lousy with charlatans and grifters. <laughs> Man, now there's a, there's a next gen episode I'd much rather watch. <laughs> you got the B plot about putting a jug band together, <laughs> and the A plot about charlatans and grifters. <laughs> And the long con. No, and you're right. Course, and, of course, a common flimflam man. <laughs> which, would be, which would be the final long-awaited return of Harry Mudd. Yes! Because who is more of a flimflam man? No one. That's who. I mean, Cyrano Jones, I guess. Uh, I don't think he was a very good flimflam man. No, he was a flim man at best. Yeah. He really didn't he have had, the flam together. He had together. the flam down, but the flim escaped him. Yeah. Um... No, she she definitely had sort of a shifty eye, like, nothing. I'm not doing... Yeah! Like, she's one of those people who, every time you walk in a room, would just suddenly look up. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing what? anything. Nothing? Nothing? Yeah, well, okay, I didn't ask. Or, like, whenever Amanda and I watch a show where there's an obvious traitor. Yeah. The line that we give that character every time someone walks in a room is, uh, nothing, I'm on your team. <laughs> just, uh, doing stuff for you. Yep, I'm on your team. Sure, I'm helping you out. It's no, just, she, like, she had that. I, is, it felt like the script. It felt like they were trying to over-justify because there were so many contrivances. There were so many hoops they had to jump through to make the yeah. work that they had to, to set all this stuff. They had to have all that exposition. And I think she just sold it the way it was written. I don't think it was her. It, it really, it, it actually really reminded me a lot of the one where uh, Tasha's sister shows up. Yeah, where she's lying the whole time and we yeah. just knew it. Except and it just it, it felt like almost the exact same thing, except then it just turned out that she was lying about being a person. She wasn't lying, though. She thought she was a person. Well, it was a very elaborate lie. But Those are the, the best lies are the ones you can convince yourself are true. That's why I don't think Australia is a real country. I think we're done here, Matt. <laughs> I have nothing anyway. further. All right. Do you? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. 
That's what I like from my co-host is a definitive answer. <laughs> Do we have anything more to discuss? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, let's wait and find yeah. out. Uh, no, we're good. Very well. Uh, if if you want to visit our website, it is postatomichorror.com. I will be sure to put a link to the Armist shirt there because, again, it is delightful. Or It's it's awesome and you should get one. You could just get a shirt with our our logo on it, our classy uh, Vishal Baradwaj designed uh, post-atomic horror logo with the hidden enterprise in it. Yep. It's great. And it looks fucking fantastic on a shirt. Yes, it does. And uh, now we're going to make the tits shirt probably as well. No, we're not doing that one. Woo! We're not doing that one. Aw. We're not that show. I never get to have a tits shirt. Oh, you can have one. We're oh, just not going well, to sell them to people. What do I care? <laughs> uh, next week, as I say, the two definitely good episodes of this season with Flonk. So look forward to that. Parallels and Pegasus. Yeah, no. Parallels, you will know as its proper title, The Borger, everywhere. Yes. All right, Matt. Tell them. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.